Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Everybody been pressing in and focused on the stairs. Have you been focused on your staircase, checking to see if you've not missed a single step, if you've done all the correct sanding and staining? And you just better question. She's been muted. I have a better question. Can you hear me? How many of you have been pressing in for someone else's stairs? Oh, God. <laughs> you got to watch these mics. Next week. Stay tuned. It is intercession night next week. Oh, that makes sense. Pressing in for somebody else's staircase. Stand in the gap for someone else. Like, you missed um, three stairs. We're going to go back down and start over. Nobody else feels that way. Maybe that's why intercession was such a big deal in the church era. Because it was easy to stand in the gap for someone else. Yes, I was being sarcastic. (laughs) Trick question. (laughs) Oh, are we ready? We're ready. Um, Happy birthday, Ellen. Where is she? she? Oh, she went downstairs. Everybody scream really loud. I was waiting to make the announcement. Like everyone scream oh, and really your feet, loud and stomp she's your in the feet room. so she can hear down there. Okay, ready? Go. Okay, happy birthday, Ellen! Happy birthday! <laughs> she's gonna be like, what happened up there? <laughs> and happy birthday, Eve, Kendra! <laughs> Anyone else this weekend that I'm missing? Okay. <laughs> Everybody just keeps raising their hand at me. Huh? Clara's was this past week. <laughs> Yes. Birthday month. I, I don't know. I can't see it. Oh, well. Birthday month. Wow, what was happening? I just feel bad for Noel. December. I don't want to publicly announce it because he's turning 33, and that's kind of a big year. Um, All right, so tonight, uh, I know that it was talked about on our, I always say Vox, but it's it's our platform of how we talk. And sometimes I kind of get, I don't know if I would necessarily say frustrated, but there are ones that I listen to, like for example, when Megan gets intense. How many of you are on Vox, caught up, and have heard Megan's voice? And John doesn't have to be on Vox to hear Megan's voice. So, John, you can raise your hand. <laughs> but, I mean, it, there's, there's an aspect that not everyone is hearing that. And so what I wanted was to be able to ask Missy and Megan to be up here to help speak into the things so that, we ha- so that we can gain every opportunity because there's so much stuff that's being released and it's not necessarily happening corporately, but we'll feel like it's corporate once it's released out there because that's the way that we communicate. And then realizing that probably 20% of the family has heard that in the in context of even those that chime in over podcasts. They're not hearing any of that, which is one of the reasons why a while ago I had gone live because there's so much happening in the inner workings of the family that there's aspects that I've wondered, how can we get some of these boxes on like 10 minute podcasts or 10 minute intervals of just being able to, um, I don't know, King, Kingdom Air's wisdom talks or something like that, where it's like a whole series of just these 
I don't know, when you can just feel that flow begin to happen, what, what happens when you're able to receive that? So in the last month, she has specifically re- released on the revelation of st- the stairs before we decided to go back and remember all of the stairs and what is happening as we engage each level as we move. Before we move into January, I felt like for family night, if, if we're able to do it, meaning this is an opportunity, so I'm just gonna set the stage. If we don't have anything to go over, we are completely fine. I don't know if fine is probably the right word, but we'll be okay with just eating as a family. We can have dessert and we can clean up, okay? If we want to take the opportunity, what we saw for tonight is to be able to, if you guys uh, were able to um, listen in to last Friday, I had you guys kind of like call out what you remember in the last, I don't even know, maybe six, seven years of some big milestones. Because what we've done as a family is really focus on those pillars. But sometimes we'll forget those little steps of what helped us shift into being able to explore the next level or the next level of pillars. So you guys started to call out things and last week got pretty intense because I was like releasing like five minute sermons on these powerful milestones like cosmic clock, um, tightly fitted together and mutually dependent. Did I say that backwards? Anyways, these like big monumental things for our family, but then there's one thing to hear the wisdom about it, but then the next day, what does that look like to walk it out? So utilizing tonight to be able to really have Q&A or discussion with real life situations on what does that mean to stand on that step? And And if you can relate that with the prophetic words that have come, um, if I can, well, I mean, I don't know if you want to, but just the word of what you saw, she saw people, camping out homeless on certain stairs, like just stuck there, like not, not moving. There were um, people trying to skip steps, so they were plummeting to their death, I think is the word you used. <laughs> um, I don't, that, what were some of the other ones? <laughs> um, yeah, so there were just, for going back to even reminding us what, for those of you who haven't heard or who um, want just a refresher before we move forward in the night about the steps in general, but acknowledging that those steps, although that they, although they have been um, maybe quickened in the sense of it's just a word or it's a something that's released one night or um, you know something that might seem insignificant or small when you look back through the processes that we've walked through as a family over the last handful of years but really it is all of those um those words those principles those concepts that we create that create the foundation for us to be able to move forward the, the, the floors that are revealed are, I feel that they're only revealed once we get to a certain place as a family. And it's like enough of those steps have been walked out that the next floor is revealed. But 
that doesn't mean that as a whole, that we are seizing every single one of those as the opportunity that they're meant to be, meaning that they're even meant to safeguard our future and the fullness that he has for us and our lives. So in this, in that vision of the steps, it was that, that when something's released, our hand is meant to be utilized to finish that step, that part of the process. So that all started when words were released over the family and everyone was given a prophetic word. And um, dad had gotten on Voxer and had released about the um, the opportunity the, oppor- the opportunity that we have and what you are to do with it. The responsibility that is then literally placed in your hands when um, something is released over you and his intentions for you are made known. Mm-hmm. That there is a partnership that has to be, that has to take place, that has to happen um, when his intentions for you are made known which essentially is what each of those steps are. And they're meant to get you to that next level of glory, that next level of access to him. He's inviting you to more. But what will happen then is we might say, no, kind of, I don't need that. No, thank you. Or I'll start that and then, sure, I'll start that and then I don't finish. I already know that. I mean, there are so many different mindsets that we can have when those, those opportunities are presented to us. And so then what, what happens in the spirit is that staircase that's meant to bring you into that next level of, uh, of glory, it, it's unfinished. So there are steps that, are, that have cracks and um, whole, literal holes in them, like in a really old house um, that cannot support your weight. Um, there are um, steps that have have literally been unfinished, and maybe they're not. Um, I mean, there's 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 not enough access to the next, or we try to skip one, and then we're not equipped for what he has in store next, or we literally can't fully receive that. One of the most powerful things I think that she that that I remember when she released that word. And this is something that's super huge when we're talking about one era from the next, mm-hmm. is that in the church era, we know the steps, but we expect Yahweh to build them for right. us. But that would be a saved mentality, but we're beyond that. So there's an aspect of him saying, this is what I have for you. Now you put your hands right. to it and it's essentially up to you what kind of stairs you want. She had talked about the intricacies of painted and stained and carved wood versus like, you know, for me, there's a few steps that I'm like, like walking up this, okay, am I going to make it to the next one versus staying on that step and really being intentional with that. But I thought that was super powerful that it's up to us, not in like all you, but it's up to us because it's, he's giving us an opportunity because remember the next word was the elder brother at the top of the stairs, waiting for you to be able to move up to that level and he's overseeing the whole process. Yeah. Go ahead, Ellen. Um, just in case anyone didn't hear what dad was releasing about the opportunity, can you share maybe even other examples of what you mean when you say, like there's holes in a stair or they're like, 
sure. We didn't finish a process. Will you yeah. share what that means? Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want me to sure. respond to that? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, so, um, so a hole in the stair could literally be an unfinished process, meaning I would, I would think that, that as a family that we're probably mature enough to know when we're presented with a process, right? Are we? <laughs> do, do we feel, let me ask, do we feel like we can recognize the beginning of a process? What that means is when Yahweh says, there's something that you don't have that I need you to. Whether it's, I mean, it could be something super practical. You don't know how to be respectful. Um, you don't know how to listen. You just talk, um, right? Like it could, it could be, it could be any, it could be and you're what, prideful. It could be. And what does that look like? Sometimes yeah. it's not Yahweh presenting the process. All yeah. of a sudden, you'll recognize that you're in the midst of the process because either the same story keeps repeating itself. Yes. So if you're not recognizing, like Yahweh hasn't told me I've started a pro or I need to be in a process. If there's something in your life that just keeps repeating. Yeah. And you have the same story. And especially, especially, at least for me, especially when I'm looking at a story from the perspective of victim mm -hmm. and why. Yeah. Why does this keep happening? Then usually that's Yahweh uh -huh. saying there's, whether yeah. you use the word frequency or not, but there's something that is, I'm, I am attracted, whether it, why, uh, well, I can just do a personal story. I struggle or I am, I had struggled. I'm working on not struggling anymore because <laughs> my story is being re rewritten right. that there's always something bad around the corner. And, and, and part of what is being exposed in that process is number one, I also deal with anxiety. And then when you struggle with anxiety, you start to realize that that has to do with the fact that you don't trust the flow of life. Well, if I don't trust the universe or that Yahweh is going to create everything for my good, how many times have I claimed that scripture? All things work for those who, and I love you. <laughs> While I am literally frustrated with life that something bad is going to be around the corner and it's going to be to my detriment. Well, that is, now, most of the time when you're saying that to someone, they'll be like, no, but that's real. No, I know. Like, I'm not saying that from a victim perspective. There really has been trauma after trauma after trauma, but what is it in me to change that story? That's usually when you can start to recognize that there's a process. Sometimes it's just not as loving when he says, hey, I want to work on this. Right. Yes, or he can use himself in someone else, like a husband or a friend or a sister or a mom or whatever, to be able to just outright tell you what process you're supposed to be in. And that's the best. <laughs> Trust me, when you see a pattern, just figure it out yourself. Because <laughs> if you don't, he will send someone. Yes, and actually I was gonna, I was gonna speak to that and add on that with um, the practical, like recognizing a cycle or a pattern. So maybe we're not in a place with, with Yahweh, we're not at that, you know, that intimate, um, like connection that you kind of just flow continually with him and you're, you're able to recognize in a moment, oh, this is outside of him. Oh, this is outside of him. Okay. How do I reconcile that? We might not be in a place where that's how we function, but if it's not, you are submitted to a family. So in that, if there is a cycle, 
that you're noticing in your life over and over and over again, a repeated behavior or an outcome that is consistent that you know isn't heaven, right? Um, then that's something that you can present and or someone might present it to you um, and that is an opportunity to um, walk out a different story like mom was saying. But those, those are example. those processes are essentially what a hole could be in a staircase or an unf or a step, an unfinished step would be like maybe the process feels like too much. Maybe walking out changing the way I eat or maybe walking out changing the way I parent my children or talk to my spouse or whatever, um, <laughs> shaking his head. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe that is something that was overwhelming. And so you stopped, you stopped short of feeling like he released you to the next step and you skipped ahead. Well, those, those holes are detrimental because they're all meant to build. I mean, a staircase, literally, it's meant to build one step upon the next until that floor is reached. And so, um, so essentially, yes, those, um, those holes are missed processes, processes that we just don't want to finish or complete or follow through on. This might be dumb, but how do you know you've completed a process then? I was just, that's not a dumb question because I literally thought it and I'm not dumb. I was just thinking to myself, then how do you know if the stairs finish? Ooh, this is going to be good. Give the mic to Missy. Hey, whoa, I don't know if I know. I don't know about that. Uh, no, I was just thinking that say some of those basic steps that we know as a family are walking exposed, being vulnerable, being transparent, following through and obeying the first time. So he tells you to do something and you decide, I don't really like that directive, so I'm going to try it this way and I'm going to try and take that next step up. And then it exposes a hole because all it does is you're trying to follow through, right, and walk out what he says and then end up falling back to the next step. I don't know exactly uh, what it would be for like when it's finished, um, but I feel like it's a continued thing that you you come to that process, the exposure of you need to, this is something I'm giving you to tackle and be aware of. And then when that does not continue happening in your life, when he doesn't have to keep saying, you're not obeying the first time. You're not obeying the first time. Don't forget first time obedience or don't forget we follow through. Here's another area showing you you're not following through. I mean, if, he, if that stops, I feel like that may be just a really boring answer, but kind of obvious. If your cycle in that stops and you actually do follow right. through or you actually do first time walk out your first time obedience, then you know that step is complete. It's sealed, finished. It's got all the fanciness on it and it's carved out and ready and you're ready to go to the next step. So here's a huge thing that I think was released at some point that I just want to, that I want to uh, say. When something is complete and you've walked it out long enough to create a new history, because a lot of times we'll say, I have victory, which is yes, but then when you walk it out long enough to create a new history is typically when you can see that that stair isn't just finished, but now it's ready for the decorations. I was going to add to that, mom, one thing that mom has taught us just in our language is um, 
that I, I know for me personally, if I can look back at a step and say, that used to be something I struggle with. So I used to not really know how to follow through, but I'm walking out a new history. So here's how I'm going to walk that out. That will show me I'm probably not struggling with that anymore. It may look like it because you could be facing something that you're having to rewrite your history in that moment. But when you can look back on something and say, that used to be something I struggled with, but that's not me anymore. That's like a completion. And then you move to that and. And you have to remember that you're creating a step for someone else. So this is just a practical example. It's one thing in a marriage to gain victory over pornography. It's another to walk it out long enough to create a new history. So there's an aspect of walking it out with others. It's one thing to gain victory, but that there's an addition to when you begin to allow other people to walk on your step. The first thing Missy said though, was that it's kind of a continual thing. So I want us to remember what I had said last week was that you're gonna ascend to what? You're gonna ascend and then to Yeshua and then to what? To descend. So remember that every step is another level of glory. For example, first step, first time obedience, okay? First time obedience in the church era is very different than first time obedience in the kingdom era. So then when all of a sudden you've recognized another step and you descend and you're going back up, you're going back up with a new level of glory. Now all of a sudden you understand engagement. So now you're gonna get to that step and you're not gonna be like, I already conquered first time obedience. Yes, in that dynamic, but now with the revelation of engagement, first time obedience looks different. I would hope that at some point my kids would understand, yes, mom is first time, but when Jalen, when they're older, and they say, yes, mom, it's not out of obligation, uh, obligation, but now out of duty, but now it's out of devotion. Two totally different things. First time obedience is a standard, and on one level, you're going to do it out of duty, and that's not bad. That is a good thing. But then when you get to the floor of engagement, all of this stuff is just so good. It is. Isn't this good? So then all of a sudden when you go back to first time obedience, don't get all prideful like I'd been there, done that. Now your first time obedience is gonna start coming from a place of heartfelt devotion because you've understood the floor of engagement. Then when we start embracing covenant, First time obedience is gonna take a whole, your step's gonna take on another whole. So this is why it's so powerful to understand the process because it's, well, in my opinion, it's a fun thing to say it's never finished. Not because I'm saying it's never done, but it's never finished because I hope that the next time I get on that step, I've added to my life to be able to obtain more on that level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good questions. I don't know if it helps, it helps me to write notes just to kind of see like where we're at, if you guys are okay with that, but. You guys can go get your notebooks. Do you wanna add? Sorry, you can write. Okay, any other, not any other questions? Like, is there any other? Like we're done, but like <laughs> meaning, based off those questions, does anybody have questions off of that? Go ahead.
how do you know the difference between like when you say someone exposes it how do you know the difference when someone's exposing it versus like judging oh god I'm like let me erase this I gotta start over <laughs> Do you guys have anything before I tackle it? It's a great question. Mom? <laughs> Give the microphone to Megan. You got this? Go. No, go. You want me to start it off? Yeah, you started. Okay, the first thing is, <laughs> the first thing is, is um, ah, okay, we've talked about this in the church realm. It all came from a seat of judgment, and the reason why, in my opinion, the biggest indicator, judgment versus exposure, is all about access and relationship. My leg way off because all of you guys aren't saying anything. But like the reason why the church culture, um, this is, I'm just going to say this because I just think this is a good time to insert. I, I'm like, I always am like, oh. <laughs> so my husband and I, we go on a date. We end up finding ourselves at a, uh, a gay bar. Why? It, they had great coffee. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What's super powerful, so Justin's brother's in town with us, and I'm telling him this story, and I said, isn't that, I mean, what I'm going to tell you, I told him, isn't that crazy? And he goes, not to me. So I left there refreshed, rejuvenated and renewed because of the fun, the laughter, and the love. Typically, you don't leave that at church. And the world knows it. Because when I told Brandon that, he was like, well, I get that. So I say that because the church era would operate out of judgment because there was no relationship. So when exposure comes, number one, and remember, relationship has to do with access. Oh, this is going to be the high school access. Um, let me pose a question to see if we can go there. Do you believe that Yahweh would correct you if you haven't talked to him in a while? So like, if his, if his desire, I feel like your guys' brains are like, huh? Typically, we're raised with the concept that if you haven't talked to him in a while, the first thing you're going to get is punishment. I could be wrong, but if I had a son or a daughter, I just kind of have like a soft heart. Maybe daughters I might do that with. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> You're home. 
well, but that's be okay. Okay, this is good. This is good. Okay, so if a son hasn't talked to me in a long time, well, am I going to tell him to go in the bathroom? No. We're all like, no. But I tell her to go in the bathroom all the time. Did you guys? She doesn't have the mic. No, because we have relationship. Out of that relationship, there's access there. I'm, if somebody, ha if, if, if I haven't talked to one of my children in forever, the first thing I'm going to, well, first of all, if I haven't talked to them in a long time, where am I to even, yeah. I'm not saying I don't know or I don't have awareness, but I don't have access. Yeah. I'm just going to push them, push them away. So right. there's a level of, if you haven't talked to him a while, but we're taught, if he hasn't talked, if we haven't talked to him in a while, when in reality, what do you think is going to actually happen? He's yeah. going to embrace you with where you're at. Once the relationship gets deeper and deeper and deeper, yes, there are levels of correction, but it doesn't come outside of that. So I ask that because I think that if it makes you think opposite, then you have to evaluate how we operate with each other. Because then if we think that about him, then we think we have access to, well, I haven't talked to you in a long time, but this is what I'm going to tell you, versus... There are people that I have built relation, relationship with that took eight years before I even had a chance to like get into anything because the foundation was friendship. I wasn't gonna make a difference in their life if I wasn't friends. I could, I could create a great platform. I could call them out at a church service. I could prophesy, I could talk about all this stuff. I could tell them to get correct. I could tell them to do all that and then what? probably make him be pushed away from the very one that was trying to embrace him in the first place versus embracing building that relationship. Once that relationship happens, then that's when exposure happens. If that work has not been done to yada that person, I probably wouldn't be operating in trying to expose someone. When, when Yahweh gives you something to give to that person, I can tell you right now, if you are not in a relationship, it is meant for your back pocket. It is an intimate place of intercession and you keep it, you keep it to yourself, but not, I don't, even that's scary. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's still, you have to understand that you're filtering something Yahweh told you outside of relationship. So you're still putting it in your back pocket outside of relationship. That's part of the reason why you don't release it because you've got to probably work out that filter yourself. Is that making sense? So... It's it, meaning I don't want to release you and be like, cool. Then I hear from Yahweh. I know something about John, but I'm just going to keep that to myself until it's time. Typically, what's going to end up happening is you're going to work that out and be like, ooh, that was me. And then you're going to get to know him. And then you're going to have conversations. And you're going to have relationship. And you're going to find out, oh, I didn't even need to bring that correction. That wasn't even, that, there was a filter there. Mm -hmm. um, does that, does that make sense? So I would say that the biggest difference is relationship and access. You can say you have relationship, but even relationship is an interesting word because some people think relationship is I know you, you're familiar, hey, buddy. But it's like if we are not intimately aware of one another, at least beyond once a week, yeah. I don't know how much exposure he's going to use. Yeah. You want to add to that? Yeah. Um, yeah, to, to add to that, I want to just bring some perspective on how Yahweh sees, if I can. Oh, goodness. So, so <laughs> when it comes to exposure versus judgment or just judgment in general, so much, oh, I 
chest burns <laughs> because this is something that is just um um in in religion a um because everything is outside of relationship there is a there is such a a filth everything the, the way that he sees, and then I'll go back to that, is when he sees you, he sees you whole. He sees you full. He sees you complete. He doesn't see what's missing. So when he reveals you to someone else on their behalf, you see that first. If you don't, that is what it, that is what will later expose what's separating you from him. When something is meant to be revealed in terms of like, like the process we're talking about or a, a something you would present to someone as correction, it is always supposed to be from the perspective of this is something that can separate you from him. But that is completely out of order. I'm telling you, it's out of order every single time. If it doesn't come first from seeing them whole. If all you see is the thing that separates, and that wouldn't even be your language. Mm. It, separation wouldn't even be the language it would be sin it would be it would be like um that 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 there's this dirty thing there's this it, like it would it would you're operating because in. the 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 that that um his heart to um literally bring restoration to that divide that separation that comes from him knowing you whole so um, so it will always be judgment versus exposure if it's if that's all you see. So if somebody so in the same sense we could flip it. So that's like if you if we were to, I don't know, bring bring like a word of correction, like what you're talking about. Um, so that's how you can gauge in yourself. And with this family and the way that we operate, is this the old or is this out of intimacy because I see in whole first? And then, so you have that aspect. Mom's talking about this aspect where you have to yada someone. You have to know someone. That literally means you have to see them whole, right? You have to know who they are intimately. It's the same. You have to know who he is intimately in order to be able to see someone whole. So if you can't do that, then you really don't. If, if something comes up, it's something you need to work through. In my perspective, it would be something to work through because it's more than likely that a filter from the old is still there. Meaning like that's something that we have to transition out of as we move out of, you know, religion itself and into intimacy. That's a whole other thing. Um, but did that help? Mm -hmm. 
which ultimately goes back to why I brought up the, and the story about us going out because there's an aspect of when you see the fullness, it's one of the steps we talked about was calling out the gold. Mm-hmm. When you see someone in their fullness, then like she said, usually the language is correction or I yeah. see this or I see you operating in yeah. or this versus saying, I see you whole and this is what's separating you from that wholeness. But if you don't see the fullness, then you're not operating out of love. Mm -hmm. So typically when when correction comes, it usually the first, at least what I see, when I'll hear someone say that we need to correct this, you can hear um, frustration, irritation, Bitterness, angry, annoyed, because you're wanting that separation gone. But because all that's there, then you're then that's judgment because you're sitting in a place of seeing it here, mm-hmm. which is going to be irritating versus being able to see the end result. Yeah. And then you work yourself backwards. Yeah. So when we talk about like some practical things of, well, how do we bring exposure versus judgment? Yeah. One thing is to totally understand proper alignment. Mm-hmm. If you ask, am I seeing them in their fullness? Typically that stops a whole lot because you're not willing to. <laughs> if I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am not better than any one of you that are all judgy. You know, we're all judgy. I'm married. It is easy for me to be like, you have emotional issues. Do I say, I mean, I don't know if I've said that, but I, whatever. I'll, I mean, I am clearly, I am frustrated. I'm irritated. I'm not coming from a place. I mean, I might've seen the fullness, but I'm coming from over here being like, get it together versus seeing the end result and calling him from a place of prophecy. So yeah. let me explain prophecy. Yeah. And the church prophecy yeah. was, I'm here and I'm overlooking your process and I'm here to tell you where you're at in that process and, and you need to fix it. Versus prophecy is coming to the end of the story, standing in that place and pulling someone into you. Yeah. Not away from. So the moment if I'm married and I'm saying you have this issue, I am standing in a place of like you need to figure this out versus me seeing him in his full emotional, healthy emotional releasing state. And I'm standing in that place, pulling him to that, calling that out of him, creating a safe place, not saying where the separation is, but I'm calling out where there is no separate. You're saying what's not separated for ultimately them to expose the separation in them to say like, um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of like a really good example. Uh, I'm without having to go into like a lot of the detail. This just happened the other day with me. So he's, so, so dad's talking to me and he's saying, are you guys okay with like a total practical example? So we're talking about my body and he's saying, you are the authority over your body. So if someone else comes in and judges the way you look, cause I'm in a building process and typically in America, if you build that's bad because you're supposed to be size zero and not full. 
So I'm in a totally different place, and he's speaking that nobody else has the authority to judge my body. Okay. Well, the whole thing gets flipped. What is he doing? He's, is, is someone manifesting? Oh. So, so, he, sorry. <laughs> so he's standing, telling me what my, he sees the separation. I'm not operating the way that I'm supposed to. I'm, and he's like, if you, the way that he talked to me, he said, if you could see you through my eyes, you would walk around like a supermodel and be like in your face. And so he's not saying, get over yourself. Stop being insecure. You're, you're, you're fine. I don't know if that ever happens, but you know, like if your wife's getting ready, it's like, you're, yeah, it's great. Stop. You're great. Or I don't know what you guys do, but he's saying, <laughs> I don't know. You're, great. you're just, you're awesome. Stop crying. It's like this. He's saying, <laughs> I don't cry when I get ready. I'm not talking about me. So he's standing over here talking about the fullness. Guys, this gets really crazy. So he's talking about, the, he's standing in a place of fullness and he's pulling me towards that prophecy. Ultimately not telling me what my problem is. He's exposing the problem in me to want to get to my full. Yeah. What am I doing letting other people come? I know. I, you know, so anyway, so we get through all that. All of a sudden this like really funny thing happens and I go, Oh my gosh, I, because the analogy about my body had to do with our home. And I am critiquing my home like nobody's business. I have problems. I want everything straight. I want it lined up. And if it's not, and I am like really agitated. The moment he tells me that, I immediately go, that's me. I'm the one coming in and critiquing Anyways, is this making, like, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful moment of recognizing this huge place of exposure that what I'm actually operating in is I'm my own yeah. problem, right? It would have been easy to be like, yeah, nobody's going to judge me. And then all of a sudden it was like, eh. yeah. I'm the problem. I'm the one looking in the mirror, dishonoring the process that he's taking me through. I'm the one that he's, uh, is that making sense? So anyways, when you stand in the place of fullness and you bring something forward, you're exposing without saying, here's where this problem is. And then you, in that exposure, then you're bringing them forward. Does that make sense? So when we're talking about exposure versus judgment, um, I feel like I want to I wanna just... This is, I'm totally going off track. So remind me that I'm coming here. I want to make sure that we understand that when I throw out things, when I'm talking about my body, this doesn't have anything to do with, this has to do with what healthy looks like. So, because I want to make sure I'm very careful, especially with this going out on podcasts. I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't have issues with my body in looks. I'm having issues with what it looks like to transform in a healthy manner because for the last 12 years, I've been in a teardown process. So I was given a directive by Yahweh to change my bloodline, and I have literally been reconstructing my mind and, and um, getting down to a foundational level of what healthy is. But that has looked a certain way. It's been loss. What I mean by that is, is I'm thinking we're done. End result. And dad's like, uh, that would be like you telling our construction company that we're good to go. The plumbing's all fixed and the, and the demolishing is fine. So let's get, mo let's move in. And I'm like, what the, what? 
shut up. Like, I, you know what I mean? I mean, there's this level of like recognizing if you stopped at the process of teardown and didn't allow him to build and add to your life, you would be living a lifestyle with just a foundation and good plumbing. But my walls would be all open. I'd be all just, you know, there'd be no decorations. I just would be this, you know, I'd be this flat. Come on. I, I, I'd be like this flat. Am I explaining it right? Not livable. Inhabit. Oh my gosh, this is good. I'm not inhabitable, right? So now he's saying it's time to build. And I'm like, but this is different than the last 12 years. What he exposed in me, not by telling me, but by showing me this way, you're judging the building and you don't know what the building's supposed to look like. If you think you're supposed to look like what you were, we have a problem. So think about that in the church era. We're building the kingdom. And if we begin to prophesy from a place of judging what it used to look like, because we don't know what the building's gonna look like, and we have to remember that it's still all about a process. One of the most powerful things that he exposed was that he was saying, what did Yahweh say? So because there's things that I'm critiquing. I don't like that window and how it's doing this. He goes, there's the only way to fix that is to tear the whole wall, tear the whole wall down. So he tells me, did Yahweh ask us to tear the wall down? No. Some things are going to look the same. Some things are totally going to look different. And I'm in this process with my physical body where some things are looking the same as the old. And some things are looking completely different and having to try to reconcile what that means. So I just wanted to like throw that out there because I don't want to make it sound like there's body image issues in, in and of looks. But me physically trying to, it's like when you begin to build family instead of church, you're like, what is that? What is that lump right there and why is that there? Or is that supposed to be there? Or why is that the same? Or why does that look, di- so does that make sense? Yeah. And actually that, uh, that kind of, brings another additional perspective to exposure versus judgment as well. When she's talking about the process, like the process that she's in, and we associate the, oh, sorry. We associate the process with relate with relationship, meaning it is the process that continues to gain us more access in relationship, right? With each other and with him. And so there's a degree there's because judgment is outside of relationship. It's accusational in that you're not intimately involved in the process. So only you can't, meaning you have the right to expose when you're intimate with the process. When you judgment comes outside of that. So in the, the, the old, it is so much easier to like, let's say like drop a word. Like I'm thinking of even like traveling, like traveling preachers or, and, and drop a word. And it's all completely outside of intimacy, out of relationship, out of right. And, and because it can't be out of that fullness right? They're seeing things backwards, seeing things from there versus from there, right? And um, it's, it's almost like there's no, there, he hasn't sanctioned it because it's outside of the process. 
Does that so make sense? So you have to be proper alignment, intimate with him. Yes. And intimate in the process. And as you were talking, if you're willing to be intimate in the process, then usually you have access to expose. Yes. But here's the other thing. When you give a word that, re that has exposure involved in it, you are committing mm -hmm. to the after process. Yeah. That's what's so dangerous about the travel. Here's right. a word. Now you deal with it. Because right. typically if I'm going to be in a place of prophecy and I'm going to call someone forward, it's going to take a whole lot more than a word. Yeah. So then I'm committing to pulling them to that place or I had no right giving them that word in the first place. Yeah. Um, Tatum. Sorry. Derek has it. And then Ellen. How do you know if you're called to someone? If you're called to someone, what'd you say? Honey, do you mean um, called to someone in the sense of called to relationship with them? No, to like expose something in them. Like, okay. Hmm. So question. how do you know if you're called? It would basically be that. If you're willing to get in the mess with them, mm -hmm. look at the process on behalf of them be intimate with him, on behalf of them being intimate with them, laterally and vertically, then walking that process out, going through these steps. So I was gonna say proper alignment, typically even in relationship, ask. Mm -hmm. Like just ask. <laughs> like do I have, I, I, and ask and then be open. Like one of the most powerful things, so basically to answer your question is are you, if you're willing to live life with that person in that arena, then you're called to them. Does that make sense? And it doesn't have to necessarily be like their whole life. It could just be like, I'm called to certain people in one aspect of their life and mm -hmm. that's it. I don't have authority in their life over finances, but I do sure. in other things yeah. because they've given me access to that. And I don't touch the other things, even though I might see it or not, or I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I just, I don't. Yeah. That's not what I've been given access to. Yeah. Um, ask and then and then be open so typically it's kind of what I was talking about last week right wrong or indifferent it could be I am I am seeing this and being willing to let that person sharpen against you so it's not just so much I have a word and here's what I'm seeing but usually when they begin to add things more gets exposed there's conversation you can see more does that make sense like be willing to be open it's not just thus saith the lord and that's it not that you're allowing them to it's a process right so you're allowing them to like eat of that and you're sharpening one another in that. So you're being open in and of itself with the word, which allows more access to work it out. Because I've gotten words where I'm like, okay, now remember we're Hebraic. So like Missy will give me a word that I totally like just embrace right away. When she gives a word, <laughs> it's hard for me to, now we have a level of relationship like eight out of 10 times she's right. <laughs> 10. 10 out of 10 times she's right. But I have to like eat it. Like I don't, we have enough of a relationship to where I'm not just saying no, but she's okay if I push back because I'm not pushing back with like, that's not right. But it's more of asking questions to gain 
more out of it. So I get, because when she gives a word, I don't want to just be like, okay, I want to eat it. I want to understand it. So I'll ask a lot of questions to be able to understand ultimately what's happening. So that's where this be open is because then she has to be confident. That's like one of the biggest culture shocks when somebody would give a word or something and then I go to ask a question, their immediate response thinks, what, you don't trust me? Or, and no, I'm, I'm trying to gain understanding because in the church era, questions are negative. Yeah. You ask a question and it means you're against someone. No, I'm trying to gain understanding. So being open when they don't get it or they're trying to work through it, that you're open to co- be confident in what it is that you're explaining because both of you are gonna end up being sharpened. Anytime you give a word, you're going to be sharpened, right? Uh, Ellen. Um, This kind of goes back, not necessarily exactly what Tatum was bringing up, but basically what I'm hearing you guys say is if if something is irritating me, it's me versus being on the other end and being like moved with compassion. Does that yes. make sense? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm on that end and I'm irritated, then it's about me. Mm-hmm. If yes. I'm on this end, I'm moved with compassion and I'm able to like get in somebody's Then you're ditch. actually about others. Yes. Which is who Yahweh is. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Because we have to remember, again, another aspect like of the process that he's led us in walking as him, um, that he every time he responds every time he's even corrected it's always been birthed out of compassion always so even his anger even his not that because there are emotions that we could associate as negative but even those strong emotions they came out of brokenness they came because he saw in full and then the anger is literally not placed on that person. Right. It is he hates mm-hmm. that thing that separates his children from him. He never, ever, ever is irritated with the, with the person. Um, <sighs> so, so if there is irritation or if there is, that's always through a filter, a personal filter um, of judgment and accusation versus um, exposure. And because what's amazing about starting in fullness is it, it washes over you. Um, that he, he it, you will, like even to Tatum's question, you will be, your heart will be moved for that person on their behalf and you will want to follow through. You will want to walk them through that there's nothing in his heart that's like you need to get this together bye does he ever do that does he right um well he doesn't but we we do believe he does do that and that's what's so that's what's so difficult yeah and remember and to answer your question it doesn't mean you're not right it's most likely for you because that's where you're at but it doesn't mean that what you're seeing is wrong so I don't want to make it sound like if you see something, well, I'm just off. It, it's going to, the way that you're going to see it, you're going to end up being transformed, but it doesn't mean that what you're seeing is wrong. But we're seeing it from our perspective instead of his. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you didn't see correctly. Yeah. Go ahead, Derek. And I know we previously uh, learned about uh, being willing to go behind someone's wall 
in, in a sense, once you're, if you're positioned on the correct side, it would mean that you have counted the costs and been willing, like when you receive a word for somebody and you are moved so much for their betterment that you'll go behind their wall, mm -hmm. meaning you, you maybe look down on, you maybe spit on, it's gonna cost you something and you're gonna have to position yourself and commit mm -hmm. to something. And at that point, it, it's just one of those things to help reflect if you're in the correct place because mm -hmm. there's not really irritation there when you're willing to position yourself below mm -hmm. someone. There, there's a different level of concern. Yeah, for sure, behind the wall. And, an, and another thing that Derek said is uh, coming under. Most of the time when you're called, I, I did this laterally, but an, usually when you're calling the gold out of someone, you're coming underneath them yeah. because that's foundational. And that's the difference. In the church era, it was like, I know better. I see something in your life. So I'm here to versus a completely different, I'm willing to get smashed, spit on, and yet, and I'm not going to walk away because I'm positioning myself completely foundational and underneath you to be the shoulders that you can jump off of. When you're able to see the fullness, which actually means low, die, underneath, serve, then you're really in a position to give all the words because you're just coming, you're just holding them up. Oh, Gabe and Logan too. Can you give a practical example of what no. it looks like to come underneath someone? <laughs> no. What'd you say? I wasn't even listening. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. No. <laughs> no, I was just, I was just kidding. I, but I really didn't hear you. Oh. Um, a practical. Can you give example? a practical example of what it looks like to come underneath someone? Oh gosh. Um, I feel like the, I don't, bleh, uh, coming underneath could easily sound like, this is going to be a hard answer because coming underneath could sound like, well, that'll be awesome. In order to give them that word, I'm going to come underneath them for that day. And typically coming underneath someone means you've committed for life to be stepped on. So... And I don't mean stepped on in a bad way. I, Dad got a word for his birthday. He actually was given a, a gift of knee pads and for working in the home. And the word was, you have been on all fours for others to climb on, for them to see higher. But you're in a season of your life where it doesn't have to necessarily hurt so much. So it's a lifestyle. It's not a... So a practical example would be... Well, I mean, that one example, like I said, having a friendship for seven years before I even had access to have any kind of like say in their life, I just came underneath in the sense of I had to lay my, okay, well, this is a good one. I had to lay my gifting down for seven years. Right, I had the ability, I, and I'm not saying like, cause I have this gift. I was literally doing marriage counseling. That was a literal thing we were doing. So that was an active gift. In people that weren't a part of the marriage counseling, 
but I was supposed to, I had to lay my marriage counselor hat down and become friends for seven years before I could even speak about marriage. So usually when you come underneath someone, it's not really, you're not really coming underneath. But when people want marriage counseling, I don't necessarily, not that I'm not coming underneath them, you are, but typically they're hungry for it. It's those that aren't that then you have to come underneath. So a practical example would be, is that practical enough? That's kind of like visionary. It's not spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Let me think about it. Do you guys have an example? Do you have like an example? You have an example, Derek? Yeah, um, like a while, previously there's a lot of people I'd helped with like drug addiction and I had received a dream once directly about an individual. Um, and it was almost like a, a life and death kind of a, a dream, uh, almost similar to the people like taking him kind of a thing. And the coming under was more to solidify relationship more because I didn't ha- I had a shallow relationship, but the coming under was the position just to be there for them. And it was more a- of a presentation of, I don't have it together. And-, and-, and I was able to expose more that I fail miserably. I make bad decisions. And, and positioning myself in a more humble place because the way he viewed me was not that way. And, and regardless of, how I am, being able to be truthful and and kind of position myself low, opened the door for him to be able to communicate with me. But I didn't initiate it outside of just Mm -hmm. sharing my own issues, my own faults, my own negative, like, but placing down below, because oftentimes people will think like what they struggle with or what is, Mm -hmm. it it looks so bad. Like it's almost like, specifically in the church realm, that Mm -hmm. is so sinful and like you, almost like an excommunication kind of a thing can might happen over saying, something about it mm-hmm. but whereas showing your own imperfection positioning yeah. yourself as less than mm-hmm. having issues and I'm just here for you uh, would be just an example mm-hmm. yeah and again there's that lifelong you know it's basically relationship like what Derek's talking about is making sure that if somebody does Like if you enter, coming underneath someone is definitely, basically you're flipping the entire mindset of being over them. You're not their helper. You're, you're to, you're, you're to come, you're to come under. It's like when someone, you know, it's like what Derek said. Usually when you have to come underneath someone, you're, the situation that you're coming underneath to them could just seem like, you're like bringing strength and you're through humility and you're, I don't, it's just, it's like lifelong and it's relationships. So it's hard to give like a practical example, like in one situation. But I know that in the short term, one example could be, so let's say you have someone in your life 
and you're able to identify what they're amazing at. So like a practical example would be you're called to call out that amazingness and allow them to give that to you. So you're placing them in a place of authority over your life. And when you do that, it gives you access. And not a lot of people are willing to do that. So it's like being able to identify what is, you're allowing them to give you something which usually allows them to become the leader that they're supposed to be. And it just starts to flourish who they are. If you can identify the one thing that you want from them and then you focus on that and you bring yourself underneath them to give you that, they just start rubbing on you in relationship and they just start to grow and flourish. And that does not mean in any kind of false way, oh, this is a strategy. You ultimately get way sharpened. You start to recognize, like it's just a, it's just a flow. But that is one practical example is finding something that you need from them and coming underneath them and letting them give it to you. Uh, how do I align my head and heart? And then how do I know that they're aligned? Say it again, Logan. How do I align my head and heart, and then how do I know they're aligned? Missy? They're your kids. <laughs> Who brought these kids? Uh, with head and heart alignment, I think about um, typically my head knows something because it's something I've experienced or walked through, and so I've made like a judgment based on that. So my head knows I'm going to stay away from a certain situation or I'm not going to walk a certain way or do a certain thing because this is going to be the end result. But my, and my heart will think, but I want to, okay, so let's, we're just, we'll try, I'll try my best at dot connecting. So Gabe's asking about coming underneath. So Nana always says like, bring your A game. I need to hear what Yahweh's saying, bring your A game. So she puts me in a position because she's calling out the prophecy in me and I don't know how to prophesy and I'm trying my best to tap into heaven and see the fullness. So in that, but what I could do is be like, well, but, last but, time. But that's not a trick. It can no, sound no, no, like no. that. It's calling, right, it's, it's it calling it out. It can sound like that when we're teaching, but I genuinely do that. I'm the mom and I love submitting to daughters. And I will tell them, give it to me. Because I'm in relationship. I'm going to trust them more than anyone else. Let me have it. So I will. I'll tell them. To, I'm not like yeah. literally like bring it But also game. knowing that I would never, right? Like when she's coming underneath. Even though I can. When they don't, I'm like, seriously? I don't got time for this. <laughs> you are dismissed. You can go. But <laughs> in the coming underneath, right? Like that's not something that I just, oh, let me prophesy. Like that wasn't. Uh, what I would typically do. So mom comes underneath, calls out the, the A game to then push, like she's the one coming underneath that to call out that in me. Um, so, but what I'm trying to say is if I bring what I feel like is my A game and I present, well, here's a prophetic word of the Lord and it just bombs and I totally missed him. And well, and then my mind is going to start, well, I don't hear from him. And so that one experience, and now I don't, I'm not ever going to try and bring my A game again. And I clearly can't hear from Yahweh 
And so, but my heart is longing to just be in relationship with him, to be able to pour out from that place of seeing someone who he created them to be and being able to speak that over them. So I've got this disconnect going on until I can get my brain to be able to line up with what he says and create a new pattern. So the thought that drops in the train track of my brain, like we talk about, is <laughs> you don't know how to prophesy. So I start going down this track of I don't know how and I can't bring my A game and I'm not a good daughter and I go down this whole track and my mind is just lost, but my heart wants, I've got to bring the alignment by saying, okay, what Yahweh has given me is the gift of being able to sit at his feet to dwell with him. And so I'm retraining my brain, a new thought has to line up a new pattern where a th the thought that drops in, you can't do this, that is now dropping into the bucket that goes along the little train track that says, mm -hmm. I am a daughter. I constantly dwell with him. I am always in a dwelling place. I see from his perspective. And then that alignment begins to bring my brain and my heart like, I know I can hear from him. I know I, I dwell with him. I can speak from heaven's perspective. And then my brain comes into alignment, my heart, and out of that, my language flows. I prophesy because I'm a daughter who dwells with him and so here's my a game mm -hmm. so you know when your language is different you know when that first thought that drops in isn't a uh on your old thought pattern track it went to a new one and it now is like wait a second that that old thought that i had it's not working on this track so pretty soon that track goes away and you just can't there's nowhere else for that thought to go that's kind of a my kid version no, that's good. Your question was, how do you know if your head and heart are aligned? There was another one, wasn't there? Another how do you question? bring them into alignment? Oh, how do you bring them into alignment? So she answered, how do you know if they are? Typically, your <laughs> this is my brain. <laughs> I was like laughing at myself like that doesn't. Anyways, usually your head understands experience and knowledge right? You have a story, you have thoughts, you have experience, you have knowledge, you have wisdom. Your heart typically is the feeling side of things and the emotion of it. So when you know that they're aligned is when, well, a couple things that we're going to be learning or that we've been learning. We've learned in the church era, do not let this lead. You get your knowledge and then you make your heart line up. But Yahweh, that's not, that's not biblical. He wants us to be led by his heart. Well, I wouldn't want a relationship with Yahweh if it was all brain-based. I'm not saying that knowledge isn't good, but there's an aspect that he, he comes from the fullness. He, he is love. That's not, he is brain. He is wisdom. He has those things, but he is love. He is that emotion. He is that feeling. So when we're led by that, then what it does is it makes your experience and your knowledge follow who he is versus the other way around. So one way to identify if they're aligned or not, like she said, is to be able to acknowledge if, because I don't want to make it sound like everything that's in your head is bad. Like the, that head is thoughts and heart is good because your heart can feel angry and your head can be like, but I know he's good. That, so I'm not saying it's always led by that, but what, but what we are, let me say it this way. Maybe it's not that we're necessarily being led by this, but we're being led by that alignment. So you're making sure that they're aligned because a house divided is, I know that he loves me or I know that he's good and yet I'm filled with rage. 
So you're, so then your emotion isn't lined up with what you know, or maybe your, your, what you know isn't lined up with your emotion. And when they are together, then they're aligned. How to get them aligned? One is being led by this in the sense of allowing, remember when we talked about welcoming, it's welcoming the emotion. So usually we never get to this place. We never get to that next step. First we identify the next step that you asked is, is how, how, do we, how do we then be led once they're aligned? And part of that is acknowledging that this is even here. So, so what's happening now is now that we're not afraid of this, you're welcoming even the negative feelings. So once you realize this isn't, some, I know he's good, but I don't, I don't feel like he is. I know he's good, but I don't feel like he is. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm gonna welcome that I feel that. Before it was like, shut that down. You just know it, declare it. No, I want us to feel what it feels like that he's not good. I want us to welcome that thought that he's not good and sit in it for just a minute. Does that, we're gonna not be afraid because what happens is when you're afraid of something and you push it away and then you just try to fill it with knowledge, you're actually a house divided and you're still expressing that. And so you're just gonna constantly have that gauge or filter that he's not good. But you're gonna be like, but I keep saying he is, but you're gonna keep thinking it anyways. So we might as well just deal with it. So you're gonna welcome that feeling. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. The moment you get in the shower or in your secret place and you decide to welcome the reality that you feel like he's not good, you're gonna break and you're gonna have an encounter and all of a sudden your wisdom and your experience changes then you're aligned, we're gonna move from that place. So even, so I think I was wrong in even saying we're gonna be led by this because not if this is out of whack. Either way, we just wanna be led with them united, period. Does that make sense? Yeah. And typically when I, when I say, I wanna just make sure I clarify, when I say that we're led by emotion, I'm just trying to hone in that we're so afraid of it that we haven't allowed it to be a part of anything. So it's okay to be led by emotion to welcome those things in order to open up more experience. That's what I mean by that. Go ahead. How do you know you're, um, you're hearing from him than another thing? Well, that's what I was gonna talk about. Okay. You guys will probably have to add to this because I don't have the right words, but. So if you have any ounce of, there's gonna be more words to this, but just for now. If you have fear, confusion, um, give me some words that are not from him. Doubt, anxiety, fear, hopelessness. Remember the uncreated realm. Does that reside there? So that's not from him, something else. So usually when you, this is what I mean by welcoming. It's okay to welcome 
those things that aren't from there so we can actually get rid of it. But typically you'll know because you, it'll produce something in you that will eat liberty, freedom, joy, even in correction. Some people then they think I'm trying to preach like it's just all positive. There I... Some of the most joyful moments is when Yahweh has slapped me right across the face. And I know it's from him because of the way that he speaks to me. So I'm not saying that liberty isn't, there's responsibility, there's correction. I'm not saying like it should just bring you a cool glass of lemonade. Usually when he speaks, it is not a cool glass of lemonade. (laughs) But it's not that feeling of just, Ugh, something's off. It, you, it's just, let me, let me, uh, I think you guys know this and you guys have to respect and understand my relationship with Yahweh, but no joke. I've had Yahweh straight up get in my face and say, you're a whore. And I'm, I'm, it changed my life because it broke off man-pleasing. It broke off me understanding that I'm the divorced one because he ultimately was like, you are my lover and you're giving yourself away to every man and that's not for them. So there's, I'm not saying that there isn't like, that would, be, that would be weird if he called me that and I'm like, that was from the enemy. Now people do that. Yahweh will give a word, mm-mm, that's straight from hell because they don't wanna hear it. But when you have a relationship and it produces freedom, It was a hard word, but man, I got free because all of a sudden I got married and I understood covenant and it just produced all this stuff. So what what fruit it produces too, you'll know. That's good about the fruit and also, I'm sorry, you guys, I'm bad with the microphone. Um, And also as you're, as you're learning, because you have to, you have to, it takes time and it takes growth to know him to know how he sounds, <laughs> to know how he, right? Like to- He sounds different to all of us. <laughs> but, to, but really to know, to know how he sounds, to mm-hmm. know the, the way that he does talk, mm-hmm. to know what his fruit is versus what the fruit of the world would be. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, that takes time. And so when you're growing in that knowledge, and I mean in both ways, in knowledge and in intimacy, mm-hmm. that it's okay to utilize, like that is what a family's for, that is what parents are for, that is what spiritual parents are for, that mm-hmm. is what nanas are for, mm-hmm. you know, meaning like when you are- Yeah, when you can't tell. Yeah, sometimes you can be in mm-hmm. such a place mm-hmm. that, or or you have had, I mean, going back to judgment and sometimes there could be something even released over you that someone says is him. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but I don't know if I know him like that. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. So so as you, mm-hmm. as you learn how to discern that, and you grow in your, because at, at one point you don't know what he sounds like. Mm-hmm. You and know, you may and not then, know what he sounds like in certain things. There's ab- things people tell me absolutely. and I'm like, I hear like you, him. yeah, but I don't get it. Sure. Or I, I don't, don't know him in that <laughs> yeah. way yet. Or I yeah. don't know what he would say about that. And so that is the gift of relationship because yeah. we don't, we literally get to experience mm-hmm how he talks or, or that discernment through others. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important, kind of looping back around, that's why it's so important to have people in your life yeah. 
that you can be confident and trust they know how he sounds and that they would be confident enough to say, I actually haven't experienced him in that way yet. So I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Let's press into that together. But regardless that you don't have to lean on your own understanding um, in that at all. None of us do, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, so. No, that's really good because it's, it, you know, usually it is, that's that internal wrestling versus sometimes just being like, okay, this is what I think I'm hearing. What do you hear? And being submitted in that is going to help weed out that that process. Especially coming out of religion. I mean, that's something for all of us. I mean, Tatum asked the question, but that is something for everyone. As adults, we are walking out a life, a lifetime of knowing him in one way of hearing, this is how he sounds. He sounds like judgment. He sounds like this. He sounds like this. This is how he talks because this is how my pastor talked about him. Or this is what was literally released as his word, as his breath. And he's like, I don't breathe like that. Or I don't breathe on those things in general, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Like even when we're talking about holiday or those kinds of things, like I don't breathe on that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's being able to to, to just acknowledge that there are some things even that we might have to be going back when mom's talking about prophecy, there are might there might be things we have to go back to to relearn as we discover the original at- intent, how he really sounds or what he really, what, what his truth, I mean, even that head knowledge to relearn, relearn the word. Yes. <laughs> and be aware or lean, I should say, as practice or homework, especially in this night season, be aware of your counsel. Because it's okay to acknowledge that I have counsel that are way farther down this road than I am. They understood transitionaries like 20 years ago. So there's going to be things that they're going to say that would be easy for me to be like, eh. And I can recognize they might know something I don't know, and that's okay for now. But... When she's talking about, like, submitting one to another, be aware, like, the multitude of counsel. Don't just have one go-to. And you guys know I've talked about this. I have, like, strategic people in my life because I know when I need what, and I'm aware of the negative and pros to that because I'm so aware of myself, but I want to be submitted. And I've talked about that before. If I need to just be validated, I'm going to Ellen. She's not going to correct me. She's, she's just, she's going to be a bulldog and everyone is to blame and you're amazing. And that is awesome. But I'm aware of that. So when I, but I am allowed to be aware of that because I'm so self-reflective that I know, I, not that she doesn't ever correct me. She does definitely press me. I'm just saying, I'm, I recognize that gift of encouragement. You guys know Ellen's like, oh my it's like because she has the gift of encouragement and that's okay because we need that but I have a multitude of counsel so when I need to like get like my arms like grabbed and looked at really mean and like pulled into the bathroom I'm gonna go to Megan and then if I need like she is really mean Mean it balances is, me out. Mean is love. But does that make sense? Yeah. 
make sense? Like there's just, be, be aware of your multitude of counsel. If you have one person you go to, you're still only hearing one part of his voice. So being able to reconcile all the different perspectives of what, what is out there will help understand his voice. Go ahead. Mm. She asked, how do you know who's in your council? Uh, it's who you feel that you can submit to. Spiritual parents, your parents, um, grandparents. Yeah, it can be, it could be friends. It can be, uh, it's going to, it's going to be now you're going to want counsel when you see the fruit. Don't submit to a teacher you don't know, or do, not that you don't submit teachers, but I'm talking about, about counsel, right? There are some teachers you're supposed to totally submit, I mean, you're supposed to submit to all your teachers' authority, but you're not going to submit to them in counsel um, or friends because you're watching their fruit. When you see the fruit come, then you want to cling to that to be sharpened. And you pick people that are that are uh, going to encourage you. You pick people that are, you know, have a sharp sword. I mean, you just, you, you start to see who you're surrounded by. You know, like, so like, for example, I'm Nana. So you're not going to be, you're not going to be corrected by me. So I'm like an Ellen for you. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll disciple her. I'll sick her on you. But like, when it's Nana time, does that make, like, there is, but she's aware of that, and she's not going to dismiss the, uh, I, I am given, this is another thing, I'm given the freedom to extravagantly do that, because I know she has a multitude of counsel. I am not going to uh, coddle someone if I know that they need coddling. Number one, if you have like a frequency of needing coddling, I ain't gonna be it. Number two, if, if, you, if you don't have anyone else and that's all you want, I, then I'm gonna pull out the sword. So there's this aspect of knowing who you're surrounded by that affords you different aspects of Yahweh. And isn't that him? There's times where he's like, we don't need to deal with any process. Come in my arms. There's no, they're quiet. Just, I want to hold you. And then there's times where it's like, all right, we need to have a conversation, right? And that's who he is. And that's the beauty of all of it. All right. It's 825. Anyone have like a burning question as the last one? Or I think that was a good last one. You guys did good with all of these good questions. Okay. Am I handy? Are we handing it off to you? Okay. So I just wanted to share a couple of connection points that I was able to make. I somehow seem to always connect to teaching. Um, I had a student mid last semester that came up to me and he said, hey, can I go talk to this other person because I need to like get out of your class, like not be in my class anymore. 
I said, well, you can go talk to them, but like you still have to take my class. Like <laughs> if you want to graduate, the step is you have to take my class. He was hoping, he was kind of down here somewhere and he was hoping to just like get here to graduation. And I was like, you're totally welcome to talk to that person, but they're probably gonna tell you the same thing. It just might sound different. And so I was able to convince him or to like, in my conversation with him at the end, I said, I am totally willing to like take you from where you are and without skipping any steps, we, I'll help you get there. Like I'm totally willing to be that. And what I think is so cool is that's what we have here. We have people who are willing to say like, it's okay if you're here. If you're stuck on the last, like if you're stuck back here, that's okay. Like we're just not gonna stay there and we're willing to be with you through the process. So I have another kid who's like, why are you talking to me up here? Why are you talking to me? Because there's this guy down here. Like, what's up with that? And I'm like, well, that's cool too, but I know what you are. It's like the, um, the line that was drawn earlier of like the flow chart. Like, I know what you are capable of. So I'm going to be hard on you too, because I know that you have the ability to do this also. You're just in a different spot. And just because you're in a different spot doesn't mean that I'm not going to, like, sharpen you any less. Does that make sense? And then I have this kid last day of the semester, like, a week ago today. And he's like, you know what, Miss Garcia? <laughs> Next semester, I'm just going to do that. And I'm like, that's so awesome. Like, he had resolved at that moment that he was where he was, but he already was making a commitment that even though he's right there, that he knows he was able to see that gap and say, I'm willing to fill that gap in. And he was able to, I didn't even say anything to him. He came to me, Miss Garcia, I'm so sorry. I just was so behind this unit, and I just was focused on other things, and I said, that's okay. He said, I'm, I'm gonna do better next semester. I said, all right, let's do it. And he's like, I just, I just need to ask questions when I don't understand something. And I said, yes, like, let's do it. And so <laughs> I said, well, here's this paper. Do you wanna ask me any questions right now? And he's like, I'll do it in January. <laughs> it was like he just needed a break to like, you know, but it, the crazy thing is he had revealed that. So do you have people in your life who are like, I have so much to work on and you're like, you're like right here and they're like, I'm so far away. And you're like, dude, you're way up there. Like you're good. But I think what's really cool is we have people in our family that are in all areas and we have people who are really struggling and have lots of things to walk through. And we have people who maybe are in a different level and still are gonna walk through different steps. And we even have people who maybe we truly do look up to who are struggling in their own sense, but are still willing to say, I'm struggling. That kid who said in January, I'm gonna ask you questions, I promise. He ended with like a 90.1. 
Like that was his struggle. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get this guy to like pass and, and be able to graduate. And he, his struggle was that he was at a 90. You know what I mean? But what I think is cool in all levels, even though this guy eventually, I had to like, this guy was actually the hardest. The guy right here that was like, why are you talking to me? Look at him down there. And I was like, I'm pressing you because I know you can go even further. So wherever you are, we all have an opportunity to grow and be pressed. And we have an opportunity. I remember someone uh, a while back was saying there's like a 10-10. And I think in our family, it's not quite the 10 and 10. The concept was I have someone 10 years behind me who I'm helping bring along, and I have someone 10 years ahead of me who's helping bring me along. The point is, no matter where we are, I have someone to look up to, and I have someone I'm leading. And I think that's the important thing, no matter where they were or where they are, is that they have this willingness to see ahead of them and see behind them to pull up. So those were some connections. I should, I should do a pod, podcast. Kingdom heirs and teaching. Oh my gosh, Spider-Man and teaching. That's all I'm going to say. No spoilers. Spider-Man and teaching. When you watch it, when you watch it, you will say, you'll think of me. That's all I can say. That's totally right. I know. Watching, watching Matrix was definitely... I feel like everything I'm watching now, I'm able to see like through my new lens. Shack, premonition. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> the Shack, not like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Let's not skip any steps. That's the important part. I think Sally's question is really important because it's not this place of judgment. It's the place of, I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me or I want you to push me further. So are you guys ready to give out of that heart, out of an abundance? I think we have a lot of food going home. Like, I feel like my food going home is going to be multiplied more than I brought. And so let's do that same thing with our finances in being able to uh, be obedient and give abundantly because I believe and I know that that is going to be multiplied in my life. And I know that that's going to be multiplied in your life. If you need to, the number for text to give, it may be on the screen, but just in case it isn't, it's 928 928- Two eight eight four five four seven. I even have it programmed in my phone, so now I don't. It's like a friend of mine on my phone. So let's give. Yeah, well, we just thank you for what we were able to eat and receive tonight. All of the things that food-wise and heart-wise and word-wise that were prepared for us and served so deliciously, I pray that each word would sink into our heart, that it would sustain us, that we would want to toil with those things and learn more about what you've been offering us this evening. I just pray a special blessing over Megan and Missy and mom, that you would bless them for them uh, sharing out of their heart and their openness to just here is my example, here is my heart, because they want everyone to be able to step farther. And I just thank you for that. Pray a blessing in in Yeshua's name. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. 
If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomairsflag.org. Thank you.